0: One of the greatest privileges that a parent has is to lead their own child to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now just because you're receiving this material today doesn't mean that your child is necessarily ready to receive Christ, but about this age you want to begin to prepare yourself to talk to them when they do get ready. The Bible tells us that no one becomes a Christian unless the Holy Spirit Himself draws that person to God. We don't know when that's going to happen in your child's life, but we want you to be prepared as a Christian parent to begin those discussions with your child. What we found is that it's not just one question or one sit-down discussion that we have with our children about salvation. Typically, questions begin and continue over a period of time, resulting in a series of conversations. The material that you will receive here will help you in, having those conversations. It will also help you understand and navigate this journey that your child may begin soon to come to Christ. If we can help you anytime during that journey, we're here to be a resource to you. Most importantly, we want you to be prepared to play the important role that only you can play as a Christian parent.
1: Okay, when I accepted Jesus, I was six, seven, eight, and nine. And every time they gave an invitation, I went forward because I wanted to please the person that was inviting me. So let this, be, um, let this be important that some kids will do that. And if I hadn't had a mom that sat me down and said, this is not funny. This is not something you do to get a bracelet or a little booklet or because you everybody else does it. This is the most serious decision you will ever make in your life. And I believe the one-on-one with my mom is what solidified my decision to accept Jesus Christ as my Savior.
2: I remember when I decided to follow Christ, we had to do the whole aisle walk, and it was a um, a situation where I remember her asking me, "Are you? is this something you want to do? Do you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And I remember having some reservations, and I didn't. I was one of those kids I didn't want to just do it because everyone else was doing it. But at the same time, I remember that day, and I remember her just wanting me to be ready. And I remember her celebrating with me afterwards because she knew what that acceptance meant. And she knew that the conversation that she had 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 sunk in. And also she knew that she knew where her son was going to be.
3: I came to faith at the age of seven, March 11th. Uh, I remember because, for years, I wanted to become a Christian. My parents were both believers. My sister um, had made a decision to follow Christ, and so I knew that that's what I wanted to do and um, I'm so thankful that my parents encouraged me to continue in uh, in learning about the Lord and continue my walk, but they also kind of put a little bit of a hold up of you're right where you're supposed to be. Um, and let's continue on that journey, but just like there's a time where you'll be married and just like there's a time uh, where you'll drive a car, there'll be a time that you're ready to accept Christ. Uh, and I'm so grateful they did that. For a while, I just, I think I remember telling my parents, do y'all just want me to go to hell? I don't understand why um, why y'all are all Christians and I'm not. Uh, but I remember uh, we were having an exchange student that was going to come stay with us, and um, I pretty much laid out the entire uh, plan of salvation to share with the exchange student that was coming to stay with us. And at that point, my parents said, I think it's about time. Uh, so I sat down um, with my dad and, uh, and got to pray to accept Christ.
0: I told my parents, mom, dad, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna accept Christ tonight. And um, they made sure that I, I knew that it was the most important decision I'd make in my life. And and I told him I knew it was, and so I remember drawing a little picture on my napkin of Christ coming into my heart. Had a heart with a door on it, and someone walking in um, and gathering around in front of the Christmas tree in the living room. My parents and my my brother and sister around me, and um, huddling together. And my dad, my dad ex- walking me through what, what to pray and how to how to ex- how to become a Christian. And I and I remember vividly going through and admitting my, my flaws and giving up control.
3: Every, I don't know, week, I would ask my mom and dad, can I become a Christian? They'd say, well, I gotta ask you some questions. And one day, we were at Sonic and we ordered our drinks and then I just, asked, I asked her and then we started praying And that's when I invited Jesus into my heart. And the funny part is when the lady came over and she was wanting us to pay. And so she's just tapping on the window. And my mom's like, hold on one second. And um, that's how I uh, let Jesus into my heart. Well, every time it's my spiritual birthday, we go to Sonic and order the same stuff that we ordered and we always pray and it's just a special thing that we do.
2: A lot of times uh, when our child begins to give answers to spiritual questions we think they understand maybe perhaps uh, more than they really understand. We want to be careful when we talk to children that we do not ask questions to which the answer is yes or no. Uh, For example, I don't want to say to a child uh, seven or eight years old, do you believe in God? Yes. Uh, Do you know what it means to be saved? Yes. We want to ask them questions that are open-ended that allows them to use their own language to express what their understanding is at any particular time. I like to say to children all the time, "Uh, you're not married, are you? And they say no. And I say, well, that's all right. One of these days you probably will be married and then I say do you drive a car yet and they say well no I don't and they perhaps laugh and I say well that's all right, but one of these days you will And in the same way that you're not married yet because that comes with a certain age uh, limitation and you're not married yet because that comes with some responsibility and some understanding you may not be a Christian yet but that will come at a proper time what we want to do today in talking to you is to find out how close you are in that process It would be kind of like if you had your child come in one day from playing outdoors and they said, hey mom, hey dad, I've decided who I'm going to marry. You wouldn't go out and buy a wedding cake and rent a chapel any more than if your child comes in and says, well you know what, I just prayed and invited God into my life. Well let's go get the child baptized. No, what you want to do is say, that's great, but let's talk about it some more. Let's talk about what marriage really means and the responsibilities. Let's talk about what it really means to be a Christian. I never say to a child that I do not believe is ready to make that kind of decision, you're too young. What I say to them is you know a whole lot about it and you're right on time, you're right on schedule and learning about that. Let's keep talking about that and I'm sure that's something you're going to do very soon. One of the things that I've learned about children is that they can come to an intellectual understanding about what it means to be a Christian long before they come to either a spiritual or a sociological or emotional maturity to do so. Uh, For example, you could get a child to memorize what marriage means or the purpose of marriage. And he would know that intellectually or she would know that intellectually long before they would be mature enough to enter into a relationship like that. So be very, very careful, especially those of you who are parents who've had your children in church all of their life. Uh, You know you can ask why Jesus died on the cross and they can give you a rote answer. Uh, You can ask them uh, what it means to be saved and they may even be able to answer that question. But if they're using memorized lines that they learned at church or they have heard you repeat often, they may have an intellectual understanding of it but not be ready emotionally or spiritually to take that next step. And so this is very, very important. And again, if we can help you in that process because we talk to a lot of children Uh, we have a sense of when that understanding comes. But I also want to say that you're the most important person in this process. You know your child better than anyone else does. But remember it's not a contest about whose child accepts Christ first or that my child is more mature than your child because they became a Christian at six instead of waiting until they were at nine. What we want to do is we want the child to understand what it means to be a Christian And we want them to understand it and be able to express it with their own words in their own language. And we want their heart to be right, most importantly, to be ready to take that step. Now, there's two issues that we want to deal with when explaining salvation to a child. Uh, One has to do with uh, the sin in their own life or that which they have done wrong. And they need to be old enough to have a sorrow about the things that they have done wrong. To understand that like all of us they're a sinner And, and that doesn't mean they have that they're a bad person or that they have to stay separated from God forever. There's a path back to God but they need to have a sense of the fact that sometimes they disappoint God and that that's exhibited in a lot of different ways. The second thing they need to understand is the issue of Lordship. In other words turning the control of their life over to God and so those are the two issues. One is about Jesus being Savior Number two is about Jesus being the Lord. And so we want to deal with both of those issues. A lot of times when I'm talking to children and I want them to understand uh, these two concepts, I will use the scripture from Romans 6.23. The scripture from Romans 6.23 says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life, and that eternal life is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now in that scripture, and I usually just write it out, let me just take a second to do that. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. And that eternal life is in a person. It is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, as I'm talking to a child about that scripture, Romans 6:23, here's the progression that I want to take. First of all, I want to say if we really want to understand what it means to be right with God, the first word that we've got to understand is that word sin. S I N. And if you really want to understand What sin is, you're going to want to understand the middle letter. The middle letter is I, and that's really what sin is. Sin is not a list of bad things we do. Sin is when I do things my way instead of God's way. And we all know what that's like. The Bible says all of us have sinned. All of us have been in charge of our own life. We've been the God of our own life. And the Bible says that the results of that, or the wages, or the results of that is death. Now, anytime you see the word death in the Bible, it simply means separation. When somebody dies physically, their personality is separated from their body. If you go to a funeral and you see somebody laying there in a casket, it doesn't look like they're asleep, does it? It looks like they're dead. There's a big difference, and it's because the real person has been separated from the body that they used to live in. That's physical death. Spiritual death is when we are separated from God. If I was going to draw that, I would draw that something like this. I would draw a big chasm here. And I would put God on one side, and then I would put us on the other side. So the Bible says that the results of running your own life is that you're separated from God. So then the question becomes, well, how does a person who is separated from God, how does he get back over here together with God? And, you know, it's real funny. Because we talk about sin and we talk about doing wrong things, a child's initial answer is, is that they need to do a bunch of good things. And if they can do enough good things, here's a bridge made out of good works, if they can do enough good things, that finally those good things will build a bridge from them over to God. And I always ask the children, does that bridge reach all the way across there? Well, of course it doesn't because nowhere in the Bible does it say that if we do enough good things that that's going to get us back together with God. And the truth is we can build bridges over there all day long, but none of the bridges that we would build reach all the way across there. In fact, there's only one bridge that reaches from here to there, and it's a bridge that God builds. And it's kind of a funny-shaped bridge. It's in the shape of a cross, because this very scripture says that the result of me running my own life is death or separation from God. But God wants to give us a gift, and that gift is eternal life, being together with God forever and that that gift is in a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. Now, I've drawn a real cute little picture here. Here's a little man that can't get back together with God, a God who loves him very much, a God that created him, a God that wants to help him live his life, a God that wants to take him to heaven, and he can't get there with any bridge that he builds. But there is a bridge that God has provided, and that bridge is Jesus Christ. Now, that's a great little picture But what in the world does that mean in terms of your child crossing that bridge? Well, it's right here in the scripture. It says that we have to accept Jesus as both Christ and we have to accept Jesus as Lord. Let's talk about both of those. To accept Jesus as Christ is to understand that he is the one sent from God to pay for our sins. I don't know if you've ever thought about this or not, but Jesus' last name was not Christ. Have you thought about that? It was not Mary and Joseph Christ and their son Jesus, but everybody called him Jesus the Christ. Why did they call him that? Because that word Christ meant the one sent from God, the unique one, the only one sent from God to do what was necessary to bridge the gap between us and God. And so the first thing that your child has to do is to realize that there's not anything that they can do to earn their way to heaven. Not praying, not going to church, not doing good deeds, that the only thing that will get them to heaven is to realize that Jesus Christ paid for their sins, and that once they are paid and you receive that free gift from God, made possible by Jesus Christ, you can cross that bridge. And so when we accept Jesus as Christ, it's really just acknowledging I'm a sinner. I don't deserve to go to heaven. Jesus, you paid a price so I could go to heaven thank you for that. I acknowledge that. I accept that as a free gift. Here's something very interesting that your child needs to understand. The Bible says that when Jesus died on the cross he paid for the sins of everyone in the whole world. But the Bible also says that same Bible says that everyone is going to go to heaven. What's the difference if Jesus died to pay for everyone's sin? What's the difference between those who go to heaven and those who do not? Simply this, the ones who have received that free gift and the ones who have not received Him as their Christ. They have not put their faith in what He did on the cross to pay for their sin. Do you understand what Jesus did on the cross? What He did is He took my sin and He took your sin upon Himself. And when Jesus hung on that cross, He felt like He was a murderer. He felt like He was a liar. He felt like He was a child abuser. He felt as if He had committed every sin that has ever been committed or will ever be committed. He took our sin upon Himself. He was punished. He went through literally hell on the cross for you and me. And our children need to understand, with a childlike understanding, what Jesus did for them. What that's going to do is that's going to make them grateful for what He did. You see, it's not enough for your child to say a memorized prayer without understanding what Jesus has done for them. They'll never fall in love with Jesus and therefore have a relationship with God Unless, first of all, they understand His unique role in history and what He did for them. When He hung on that cross and He paid for their sin so they could be back together with God, He went through that thinking about them. Long before they were ever born, He knew their name. And He would have died on the cross had they been the only person that needed for Him to do that. They need to understand that at their level of understanding. Second thing we've got to do is we've got to accept this same Jesus as Lord. That's a little easier to explain. It simply means that we allow Jesus to be the boss of our life. Now understand this. It's not that your child is going to promise God that they're never going to do anything wrong again. They can't make that promise. All of us sin after we become Christians. But what it is saying is that you have every right to be the God of my life. You remember what got us in trouble in the first place? is that we decided we were going to be the God of our life, that I was going to be in charge and basically we've made a decision now we're not going to be the boss anymore. We acknowledge that God has every right to tell us how to live our life and what to do. And when your child understands who the Christ is and what Christ did for them on the cross and when they understand that he has every right because of that to be the boss of their life, the Lord of their life, then they invite him into their life with great gratitude And they invite him into their life with great trust. And they're able to open up their Bible and say, well, God says, this is how you treat people. And God says, this is how you handle your finances. And this is how we live in terms of moral. And even if I don't agree with it, and even if I don't understand his rules, I trust him because he gave his life for me. And I know that God knows a lot more about life than I know. That is what begins the journey. And then your child becomes like a lump of clay, and God is the master potter, and He begins to shape their life. And they won't be perfect, but because He's involved in their life, they'll become more of what He intended them to become when He created them. Now, again, when we're talking to children, we want to explain this, but then we want to ask them questions related to this to see if they understand it. And most of the time, when I talk to a child for the very first time about salvation, I say to them once again, I think you're very, very close to understanding the two things that you have to let Jesus Christ do in your life to become a Christian. And let's keep talking about that. And You let me know when you want to talk about it again. I think you're very close. If a child is ready, they will come back. They will once again ask, can we talk about this? Sometimes they express that in funny ways. Sometimes they'll say things like, hey, I want to be baptized. Well, great. Let's talk about what baptism means. Or they may use some other language that they've heard someone else use. And the answer should always be, great, let's talk about it. But when you begin to talk about uh, substitutionary atonement, that's what happened when Jesus took our place on the cross. Even in their own language, and you start talking about lordship, there'll come a point when a child is not ready that their eyes will roll up in their head and they'll want to know if they can go outside and play. That's fine. It means that basically they're saturated at that time and that you want to pick up that conversation again. But there will come a day when they will keep attention and they will not allow you to change the subject or end the conversation. They're ready to make their commitment to Christ. Don't worry if that's at age nine or 10 or 11. Don't worry about that. It'd be better for them to make a legitimate decision later on in life then make a, a partial decision and then to relax and think they have made themselves right with God because those of us who are authority figures have told them that they have and not be continuing to deal both intellectually as well as emotionally with this most important decision of life. Now, after hearing all that, some of you would say, you know what, that's kind of what I understood this whole thing was about and I think I'm ready to talk to my child if they're expressing an interest and I'll contact the church if I need some help. There's others of you that perhaps are even new to the faith yourself or perhaps you haven't made this decision and you say, you know what, I really do need some assistance. At that point, feel free to contact us. We are happy to sit down with you and your child. We really do want you to be a part of that process and we want you to hear the answers and the dialogue with your child. But if we can come alongside you and help you with that process, we would love to do that.
1: My uh, six-year-old son told me he did not want to ask Jesus into his heart, and I wanted to take him in the other room and spank him. Not a good thing. Okay, if they don't want to ask Jesus in their heart, spanking is not the answer. But the aha moment was that God actually does deal with children, the Holy Spirit deals with them, when the time, when his timing, it's not your timing as parent, it's his timing. and. Um, so for a whole year, I was on my face before the Lord, begging him, what's going to happen? Is he going to be a, a heathen? Is he going to be a delinquent? And it took about a year, and he walked up to me one day at, at the house, and he said, Mom, I want to ask Jesus in my heart.
3: We held him off and held him off, and then once uh, he just was so persistent, and we knew that it was real, we you know, said gave him instructions about how to do that, and uh, and so... We prayed with him by his bed, and it was the most incredible opportunity to be part of, of our sons um, accepting Christ. It was just the sweetest thing. The three of us prayed together, and it was, it was an incredible time.
2: You know two precious awesome daughters growing up that both trusted Christ when they were younger but in you know very different times and ways you know for Carrie she was came home from Awana and she sits down on the couch and she goes I'm ready and we said what she goes I'm ready. I want to become a Christian I mean so she (laughs) she walked us through the process it was really cool but for Laura Our youngest, she would ask question after question after question after question. So whichever child God's placed in your home, that opportunity to either unpack questions or maybe you've got that kid that's just ready today. Look for that opportunity to follow through. It's a great way to be ready when the timing's right and the Holy Spirit really leads for you to lead that child to Christ.
1: We want so much for him to have a moment with God that he will remember forever mm-hmm. and never, ever question and that we can tell the story. And it's um, so special to us that we're signing up for any opportunity for that to be camp counselors this summer to, you know, work vacation Bible school, to be there and be a part of that. So we know what to talk to him about. And we know the story behind everything he says. And um, just so he can always know without a doubt that that was, it really happened. And that mm-hmm. was really, God speaking to him.
0: I think just things that we've learned from working with children
1: uh, in different ministry situations is that. Um, you know it's it's very important that they
0: understand and so we use every time that he brings that up as an opportunity to just teach again um, what does it mean to be a Christian and what does it mean to ask Jesus in your heart and um, what is sin and you know really just going over those basic concepts and and we feel like that he's close we feel like that he really is
2: very close to making a decision uh, and that he's almost put all those pieces together and uh, and it's gonna be a great day when it happens for us
1: if i accomplish nothing else on this earth leading my own three to Jesus was um, the highlight of my life.